Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Kind of just tagging on. I don't really have a text uh, to read other than just kind of last week we were um, in the book of Genesis and uh, for some time now we've been all over just the first, second, and third chapter in our adult Bible study. And um, kind of piggyback off of the lesson last week um, where we we talked about the kingdom of God and uh, what that meant uh, to us and what it means biblically. But today I'm going to talk to us about, uh, from this title, presence and power, presence and power. But just to kind of um, rehash a little bit of last week, we looked uh, as we find in in Genesis um, one, two, and three, we find what we see in Eden is a is a picture of the kingdom of God, where uh, there is order, there is uh, life without death, there is the presence of God that is made available, and it wasn't through a veil. Uh, or reflection, but the presence of God that actually walked in the cool of the garden with his people. And what we read was, um, you know, uh, the kingdom, uh, not only is God's presence full and ripe in the kingdom, but uh, again, there's no death there. There's there's peace. It's a picture of uh, perfection. And as we journeyed through the lesson, uh, we we uncovered how uh, this kingdom that was made, um, the kingdom was made, the kingdom was established, and then you have Adam and Eve who were given purpose um, to take all of what they have, to take this kingdom, the presence of God unhindered, unhindered, and to drive that out into the chaos, to literally bring light uh, to where there is darkness. So God creates all of this order, God creates life, God creates peace. Um, creates man and woman, gives them a purpose, and I'm just kind of speeding through here. Adam and Eve have a role in the kingdom. We talked about the the people of the kingdom, the law of the kingdom, how sometimes we can overcomplicate some things, right? Uh, but really, they were given one law, um, and it wasn't complex. Uh, but we know the story there, how they had ate the fruit, and then came the curse, came the fall. Um, and all of these things that weren't there to begin with are now things that were there and things that we have to deal with. Um, and we kind of landed at, at the end uh, of looking at uh, how the kingdom that was made and the kingdom was established, how it was, it was gone. The kingdom was uh, lost. That's really what we experience in the, in the beginning portions of the Bible. Um, and now just kind of jumping on that, that theme, kind of looking at the basic plot line of the kingdom, if you will, again, talking to us from this title, uh, presence and power, um, the basic plot line of the kingdom, how can we understand that? I think one of the, one of the ways that I can help us understand the story of the, the, the plot line of the kingdom is a couple words that you're going to hear over and over again, and it's the words that are on the screen this morning. 
And those words are presence and power. So let's, let's talk about that. When we talk about presence, we're talking about God's presence with his people. Uh, again, I said last week, the whole Bible is, it, it, from Genesis to Revelation, could be summed up with three words, God with us. That's, that's the story of the Bible. Throughout the scriptures, and if you know your Bible, if you've been at church for any length of time, just think how often heaven invades earth with the presence of God. We, we read last week about the story of the Garden of Eden. Eden is about God with us. The children of God, you move further through the Bible, the children of God being pulled out of Exodus, the establishment of the tabernacle is about the presence of God. You go even further, Solomon building the temple is God with us. Okay, Christ coming and putting on flesh and bone and dwelling amongst us in the incarnation is about God with us. It's about the presence of God. The Holy Ghost being poured out on the day of Pentecost is about God with us, okay? The presence of God among his people. You go all the way to Revelation, the New Jerusalem that we read about in that book is about the presence of God among his people. The presence of God among his people is what the hearts and souls of all humankind are longing for and yet can't seem to figure it out, and yet it is heaven that keeps coming down to earth. It is not earth that has figured out a way to get to heaven. We, we have not built towers to glory. Glory has come down. You following with me this morning? This is, this is because this is about what we most desperately need. It's about what we most desperately need. Because of the fall, because of the, the kingdom that, that was lost, we find ourselves, humankind, humans find themselves sort of disoriented and, and, and broken and, and trying to fill what we were created for, uh, but we try to fill that with cheap, trinkety garbage that will not satisfy us. Have you, have you ever noticed before how um, the, the line keeps moving? Like, I can't wait until, okay? I can't wait until you go all the way back to your younger days, right? Of, I can't wait until I can drive a car, right? Do you, I mean, do you remember that? If I could just drive. I mean, I could go back and picture myself being 14, 15 years old, thinking if I could just drive, I'd be a whole person. Like, I'd literally have value then. Like, if I could just drive, I would be just it, you know? And then guess what? You start to drive, and then the line keeps moving. You know, now all of a sudden, you can't wait to graduate high school, okay? And, and, and then guess what? You graduate, and then... Get, then what? You, you can't wait to get into college. Okay, then you get into college, then what? You can't wait to get out of college. Okay? Think about it. The line keeps moving. The line keeps moving. And, and most of us, most of us here today, we're a little bit older today than we were yesterday. 
okay? Most of us. I know there's some of you. My wife, she doesn't age a bit, okay? Yes, I say that to get points, right? So, <laughs> But um, most of us, we're, we're, we're a little bit. And you have to be old enough now to feel that the line keeps moving. In your younger days, you don't see it so much, right? Um, but, but you have to be, I think a lot of you can realize that the line keeps moving. If I could, it, we just, it, 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 and if I could just get this, if I could just have that, we get that, and then it's something else, okay? If I could just get a house, oh goodness, we get the house, and guess what? It's not big enough, okay? We need a playroom. You get the playroom. Oh, the playroom isn't enough. We need a bigger yard. We need this. The yard isn't big enough now. We need, a, the line just keeps moving. You go into a, a career, you know, I don't want an entry-level position. I want this position. We get that position. I don't want that position. I want, and the line keeps moving. Have you ever thought to yourself that where you are right now is smack dab in the middle of an answered prayer? Something you prayed for, God answered it, and there you are, right in the middle of a blessing, but the line keeps moving. It keeps moving because of this reason. What you and I most desperately need is not all of that. We need, we need presence. We, we, need, we need dwelling. This is what our soul was designed for, and a lot of us are stuck right now. We're stuck right now, and here's what I mean by that. <coughs> Most people are, are stuck um, because, because their life is pretty good. Um, their life, they're doing okay in life. They're making a, a decent living. They have a good life, and they, they think to themselves, we think to ourselves, we're almost there, and it kills us. Just almost there. Just if I just had this, if I just had one more vehicle, if I had, we're, we're, we're right there. I can get a life of fulfillment. I just got to get past this stage. I just got to get past this season. I just got to get past, I got to get, and it's as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, a striving after the wind, a chasing after the wind, and, and if, if we're not careful, we'll run our whole life on that treadmill and never actually get to life. And, and, here, and here this morning, what I'm trying to do is simply turn your attention to the presence of God. That the life answer, hear me today, the life answer, regardless of whether life is going well or not well, is the presence of God. Hear me, you and I were designed to run on and, and to run from. And what I mean by from is it the fuel of. Your life is meant to be the presence of God. I'll make my argument again. It's the story, the story of the Bible. It's the story. And what happens a lot of times is we are so quick to trade presence for knowledge. We are so quick to trade presence. We are so quick to trade being with him to being in his presence, trade being with him to trade all of that for facts about him. 
Here's what A.W. Tozer said about this. He said, sound Bible exposition. Exposition. That's a, that's a breaking down of, 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 the, of the Bible. It's a breaking down of the scriptures so we can hear it, so we can understand it, so we can absorb it. He said, sound Bible exposition is an imperative must in the church of the living God. He said, without it, without it, church, no church can be a New Testament church in any strict meaning of that term. But exposition may be carried on in such a way as to leave the hearers devoid of any true spiritual nourishment, whatever. For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in a personal experience, they are not the better for having heard the truth. He goes on to say, the Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring man to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence, and may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in, in the core and center of their being, their spirit. And I'm not talking about God's omnipresence, okay, which is something that we, we all marvel at when you really think about God. God's omnipresence is amazing, where the, where the fullness of God is, is, is everywhere all at once. God, God's not broken up into little pieces and scattered, and he's got a little bit of them over here and a little bit of them there. No, he's fully there, and he's fully here. He's fully everywhere, all at the same time, all at once. But that, that's something different. What I'm talking about is manifest presence. This is, he's here now in his fullness in a way to be experienced, in a way to be known. He's not an idea. He's a person to be known. He's a person to sit with, a person to lay our burdens down. And hear me today. It's why money and drugs and stuff and power only satisfy for a moment until you, you get numb with the amount you have and all of a sudden you need more. I mean, that's what's going on here. That's what we talked about last week about the kingdom lost. That's, this, is what was, this is what was lost, okay? But thank God that heaven just keeps breaking in. God just keeps showing up. We try to fill the void with temporary uh, things that won't do it, but the eternal just keeps breaking in. Amen. His grace and his mercy, we can't outrun it. It's following us. It's, he's chasing after us. Um, but, but presence, presence. We need presence. We need that. Um, the, the, Napoleon uh, is an interesting character throughout history, and I found this really powerful. The Duke of Wellington once remarked about Napoleon. He said this. He said, I used to say, of him, talking about Napoleon, that his presence on the battlefield made the difference of 40,000 men. The presence of a strong leader is a powerful thing. The presence of a strong leader is a different, has this powerful effect. How much greater is the impact of the awesome power of the presence of God? I believe there is a deep spiritual hunger 
okay, in all of our hearts that can only be satisfied by the presence of God himself. The presence of God satisfy our deepest spiritual longings. And this, again, is what Adam and Eve lost. They lost the sense of his presence, okay? Through their sin, okay, in Genesis chapter 3, the kingdom that was established is now lost. Presence was lost. Relationship was lost. Folks, we cannot take the presence of God for granted. We cannot do it. I know we come in here and we greet one another and we say nice tie, nice dress, and all those good things, and those are good and those are right, those are appropriate, but the presence of God is what it's all about. Okay? The presence of God. <coughs> the scriptures often speak of God's presence in human history. Um, the most common Hebrew word uh, term for presence is the word panim, and it's also translated as face. Everybody say face. Face, implying a close and personal encounter with the Lord. You see, the question is not, did we experience the the presence of God in this service today? We always experience his presence. We always experience the presence of God. Rather, the question is, did you come face to face with him today? And the answer to that question is based upon your relationship with him. Because God's presence carries a a wide range of meaning. It it may be something that people fear. Okay, we looked at how Adam and Eve last week were, their, their sinfulness drove them out of the garden to hide from the Lord in the garden. There was fear there. You look at it in the book of Isaiah, God's light, God's holiness, rather, had cast light on Isaiah's sinfulness, okay? God displays, Judges and Psalms talks about how God displays his presence through his great power, and the whole earth trembles. The Bible lets us know that false gods become powerless because of him. Fear and trembling are proper responses before the one who controls, as Jeremiah said, all of creation. Okay, it might be something that people fear, of course. We also find that God's presence provides comfort, though, in times of trouble, in times of anxiety. Okay, you look in the book of Joshua after the death of Moses. I can't imagine how troubling that was for the people uh, uh, of Israel, losing a leader like Moses. Okay, um, it, but the Bible tells us that the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, Arise cross over Jordan, you and all this people. I have given you every place on which the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. No man will be able to stand before you just as long as you live. And then the Lord said this, just as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Yeah, the Bible, the presence of God is to be feared, but we also find comfort in the presence of God. Psalms lets us know that the downcast seek him and they find encouragement and strength to praise him. God's presence is a, is a place where, where, where prayer is heard. Second Samuel, we, we find the story of how David sought the Lord's presence when Israel faced a three-year famine. And the Bible says, and the Lord answered him. Okay? 
talking about the presence of God. The Bible describes heaven as a place filled with God's presence. The book of Luke speaks of the angel Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak and bring glad tidings. Angels stand in the presence of God and act on his authority as he directs them. God's presence is also the place of blessing. David counted it a joy to experience the Lord's presence. And Peter described it as the source of blessing for all who place their faith in Christ. Psalm 67 lets us know that to experience God's presence is to experience the shining of God's face. The Bible said, God be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. In the age to come, God's presence will be the ultimate blessing. For believers, as John said, we'll see him face to face. Okay, his immediate presence will render, the Bible says, the temple unnecessary. It is the anticipation of the presence that should motivate us here this morning, uh, motivate believers uh, uh, to faithful service in the present age. Okay, Paul, Paul asked the Thessalonians, he said, what is the hope? What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? I said all of that to say this, because there's a lot of things that we could discuss this morning. We're talking about the presence of God. I said all that to say this. We need the presence of God in our life. It's the place of blessing. It's the place of answered prayer. There's power in his presence. There's miracles in his presence. The kingdom is about the dwelling presence of God. Everybody say presence. Not only, not only are we to think of the kingdom through the lens of presence. We should also think of the kingdom through the lens of power. When we, when we talk about power, um, we're, we're talking about the purpose by which God has saved us. Okay, the, the official order, if you remember, is given to Adam and Eve. And what are they told to do? Go out of Eden and bring order to chaos. Take, take this life, take this peace, take all of that, and bring order to chaos. It kind of reminds me of another official order or commission. Jesus spoke words just prior to his ascension that made, made heaven shout, but at the same time, it made the enemy shudder when he said, go, and make disciples of all nations. I want to remind you that these are the last words that were spoken by Jesus right before his ascension. And they say that the last words from someone on his or her deathbed are treasured and, and preserved forever by their loved ones. The final words that someone was to ever speak are to forever be remembered. And the final words that Jesus spoke while physically here on earth were uttered right here in Matthew 28. And 
I mean, what would he say at this critical, critical and, and, and impressionable moment? He could have said anything that he wanted to. He could have chosen this critical setting to utter many things, knowing that his words would forever be embedded upon the collective psyche of his most passionate followers. And yet contained in the Great Commission are Jesus' last words, go make disciples. Go make disciples, Christ followers, agents of light and reconciliation of all nations. Fulfilling the Great Commission Church is the essential practice for the church. You know what it demonstrates? When we fulfill the Great Commission, when we go make disciples, it demonstrates how we value what was accomplished on that cross that day. Paul told us that his great sacrifice is our salvation. His great grace is our motivation. His, his great lifestyle is our method to fulfill his vision. Hear me today. We have not been saved to sit around and marvel at being saved. We have been giving a, given a task on high as citizens of heaven to be ambassadors of heaven wherever we go, wherever we are. Do you understand this morning we're on assignment? All of us here. All of us are on assignment here this morning. I hear a lot of churches and I, I read a lot and I I study a lot of, of other churches and mentalities and, and, and things that people are, are doing and what's successful and what's not successful and what's been tried and all of these other things. I'm, I'm a student of those things. But a lot of things that I hear a, a, across Christianity today is, you know, we just, we just need more programs. <clears throat> we need more activities to offer. We need, we need a program for this, and we got to have this set up, and we need this sort of classroom, and we need to have this to be able to offer, and we need, we need, we need this, and we need that. Hear me today. We don't need more programs. We, what we actually need is we need the people of the church of the living God to understand that they are citizens and they are ambassadors of heaven. We don't need another program. We are the program. Okay, the body of Christ, that's who we are. You are the program. You are the activity. You are. To, to, to people who are far from God, People who are like that, people who are lost in the world, they don't want to sit in another class. They want you to sit in their life and to and to hear them, to hear their cry, to hear their to know that they 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 are loved by you. They need you sitting in their situation, loving them, crying with them, weeping, and rejoicing with them, and inviting them in. They need people who are full of the Holy Ghost to invade their space. Amen. They need people to enter into their habits and their hobbies and love them well. Not because they're a project. Oh, yeah, we're going to work on this. This is our 
This is our next project, and we're working on them when we treat them sometime as a guinea pig, an experiment. No, that's not, that's not why we love them. That's not why we grab them, wrap our arms around their neck when they come in and hug them and welcome them, see them in the grocery store, say we love them and we're praying for them. Can I help you with something? That's it. We don't do that because they're a project. We do that because we're a citizen of heaven. A citizen of heaven who's been dwelling in the presence of God. And we are empowered by that presence to live out the kingdom beyond these four walls. Everything in this life, everything in this life should be looked at through the lens of the kingdom. Work is about the kingdom. Marriage is about, children are about the kingdom of God. Money is about the kingdom. And it, it amazes me sometimes. And I'm a, I'll, I'll wrap this up. I'll ask our music to come. It, it amazes me sometimes. <clears throat> we, try, we try so hard, and, and please stay with me just in the last few moments. We try so hard to find purpose in things that are outside of the kingdom. We, we work really hard at it. We go, we go so far to find purpose for things that are outside of the kingdom. And I'll just simply ask you this morning, what purpose could we possibly find outside of the kingdom? What purpose? You know what we do find outside of the kingdom? Outside of the presence? Out, outside of the power? You know what we find? And if you're honest, you'll agree. We find things that are fleeting. Vanishing. Here today, gone tomorrow. We find things that are fleeting, faster and faster, escaping our grip. And we work so hard in this life. <laughs> we do. We work so hard to find purpose outside of the kingdom. And physically, we, we work hard. We go in this life and... You know, we, we, we have this life to deal with. None of, us are, none of us are getting out of it. We all face the same things, generally. Okay, we all have our jobs. Some of us love them, some of us hate them. But think about it. We work really hard. We go and we work. Let's say we work at a place 25, 30, 35 years. Talked to my neighbor just this past weekend. He retired, worked at a place for 39 years. 39 years and some people get so caught up in it that they think man you know what when I leave this place they're probably they're going to name a building after me they'll probably put a statue of me when I leave this place have they done that at FedEx yet they put a statue up yet but we think, 
we give ourselves and, and we work. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. Don't get me wrong. But we think to ourselves sometimes, man, they're, they're probably going to name some. My picture is going to be up on this hallway and it's just going to be it's going to be nice. They're not. They're not. They'll replace you faster than you could even think about it with somebody younger and somebody cheaper. They, they just will. They'll bring somebody else in. Six months after you retire, probably nobody will even think about you till they see you. And they're like, oh, how you doing? But at work and stuff, no. Back to the same old grind, back to the same routine, day in, day out. What a shame to give your life's purpose to things that are outside of the kingdom. All of this, all of this life, everything that you see should be looked at through the lens of the kingdom. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here this morning. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't do your best at your job. Don't go into work tomorrow and be like, you know what? Forget this place. No statue for me. No extra hours worth. Sorry. <clears throat> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. Please don't, please don't hear that. I'm trying to orient you around what ultimately matters most. And by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost, try to save you from a life of, of boredom. Try to save you from a life of destruction and rather release you into the power of God's purpose for your life. I want to be in the will of God. I want my life to be in the will of God. I want my family to be in the will of God. I want my children to grow up and, and be in the will of God. I want you to understand something today. I want you to understand that you have power because you have the presence of God. And that puts us all in line with his will. You have purpose and you have power all because of his presence. Don't take what's happening in this place today for granted. Stand with me here this morning. Here's my encouragement for you. <laughs> Here's my encouragement. Coming to church and listening to sermons and songs, okay? There is something that happens in the gathering. Which is why the Bible is so serious about it. Saying don't, ne don't neglect it. You, you, better, you, you, you better get there. Okay? Especially when you don't feel like being there. Especially when you don't feel like being there. Are you feeling depressed and, and you don't want to be around anyone? Take yourself to the house of God. Take yours. Are you feeling anxious and broken and far from God? Get to church. Don't neglect it. There's something serious about the gathering. And yet, citizens of heaven, 
don't just operate here. We operate with one another outside of here always so that we might marvelously display the wisdom and the beauty of our King. I ask you today, what if the church became the answer to loneliness? The life, what if the church became the answer, the life-giving alternative to a social media-induced isolation and depressing and soul-stealing habits and lonesome barstools that we know are out there even on this very day? What if the kingdom of heaven was made visible through the citizens of heaven in their neighborhoods, in their workplace, as we, as we do this life, as we do life seriously with one another, ferociously committed to God, committed to one another, bringing order to chaos and bringing light to darkness. What if, what if? But we need the presence of God. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.